Okay, so the bad news is that it is January 18th, and It's in a Book has not published an episode yet for 2015. Uh, doesn't, doesn't really say a lot for, uh, my work ethic. I will, I will grant you, but, uh, um, as always, there are plenty of excuses and, and hopefully mitigating factors. Um, that, that's the bad news. The good news is that in this episode, you're going to meet Mark Rosbach, who is the new host, uh, the new co-host of, of It's in a Book, and uh, who's really offered some, some great insight into uh, where to head with the podcast to make it more regularly occurring, uh, more interesting, and, uh, and generally just a, a better place to uh, spend you know, 20 minutes to an hour and a half, uh, talking to or listening to or, or, or just, you know, being in that, that bookie zone that we try and uh, promote here. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to head right into the show. Uh, it's, it's just a quick one, um, because we'll be right back, uh, here in a week or so, uh, in, in January to, uh, to truly introduce you to Mark. So let's go. Hey, it's in a book. I am Lawrence Rouse. I am in Raleigh, North Carolina, and you are listening to It's in a Book. We are a weekly, <laughs> a fortnightly podcast devoted to five little questions about books. And this episode, we will be asking those five questions of Mark Rosbach, who is a friend uh, I met at my child's uh, preschool. Um, his child uh, attends preschool as well, and uh, we just kind of slowly uh, got to talking, and of course, as they usually do, uh, books books arose as a, a topic of conversation. Oh, excuse me. Cold season. Um, and uh, and uh, we, we discovered we had a, a few things in common, and uh, we, we just got on the, on the book train. So... Um, this episode will be very quick. Um, it's really uh, just kind of a teaser, in fact, because Mark will be right back next episode as the new co-host of uh, It's in a Book. So uh, without uh, beating that to death and, and revealing too much early on, we're going to head into this interview with Mark, which occurred over a month ago now. Um, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I know I did. One note, there... Uh, was a technical problem during this interview in that uh, this is very embarrassing to admit but after extensive preparation uh, I failed right at the, the moment of truth and my microphone was, was not functional so you will hear my questions but they're in fact uh, being picked up through Mark's microphone fortunately the interview is about Mark and you hear me talk quite enough as it is so, um, right after the interview, uh, I believe we're going to read uh, a poem um, that I have yet to select. So, we'll head right into the interview right now. It's in a book. Okay. 
So, uh, our interview this fortnight is with my good friend, Mark Rosbach. We, uh, we met because our children attend the same preschool, and, uh, you know, um, my daughter has, like, this immense crust on her right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it's sort of a love-hate crust. Sometimes she <laughs> loves him, sometimes she pretends he's not in the room, or he gives him the same guy. Um, it's like but, we're practically married. Yeah, exactly, exactly. See, like I said, an immense crush, you know? <laughs> um, so, at any rate, we are, uh, Mark, Mark agreed to come over to my house. Uh, he's sitting downstairs in, in the office right now, and we're gonna, we're gonna approach the, uh, the, the sacred five questions that we talk about here on the podcast. Um, you, you just missed a, a very uh, lively conversation we were having about uh, Bill Cosby. Being guilty. <laughs> and uh, he, guilty of what? Uh, he hasn't been charged with anything yet. That was, uh, that was the, my end of thing. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> he hasn't formally been charged. But, you know, the reason that that won't happen is because any individual is so weak up against his legal, up against his legal team. You'd have to have a, you know, it would basically have to be the whole group coming forward, but then they get, you know, uh, criticized as being a group. What are they after both as individuals and a group coming forward? It's just, you know, we've seen this before. Yeah. I, I suppose we have, but I, I, I still insist that as long as, uh, you know, legal channels, uh, uh, exist as they are, we have to use them, um, as a society, we, we have to kind of uh, stick to, to what we've agreed uh, to do. So, at any rate, uh, fortunately, we, we aren't going to settle the Bill Cosby question today. We're going to talk about books. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask Mark the uh, the first question right now. Actually, I'm going I'm to hit him with the surprise question. Have, you, have we been talking about the questions? I've never seen you the list. Nope, you did not. Okay, I'm sorry. I could uh, basically answer what I'm reading now. Hopefully, that's one of them. That'll be easy. That, that, that definitely is. Okay. And, uh, but the, but there's there's lots more fun to be had. Um, but of course, the surprise question, and being that all five of them would be surprise questions for you today, uh, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But I'd like you to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be in the triangle. Um, so I'm gonna let you have it that. And I noticed your levels are, are pretty high. So I'm gonna have I'm gonna you stay right where you are. I'm gonna push your mic back a little bit. Or actually, you just took care of it for me. Perfect. How's that? That's that's perfect. Okay. And folks, you may hear this. I'm gonna turn that just a little bit. I think that could be affecting this too. Okay. So um, there. Let's have at it. Um, tell me about your your triangle story. Okay. Um, from Miami, I had left Miami for the military, went back, and um. I took a, I worked for a company that sent me up to North Carolina to manage a project, their first project outside of Florida. And they just went bust pretty soon after that and uh, decided to stay here knowing that I'd be starting a family. And uh, this is obviously a great place to raise a family. Um, at least here in Raleigh, I think. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, we could argue about Surprisingly <laughs> cultural for being in the Bible belts, you know, a lot of great parks, uh, the kids are going to a great school, you know, you know, our kids go to the same school, Lacey, it's fantastic, yeah, no complaints. Love it, yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, no, nah, I guess we'll be staying here, at least for the foreseeable future. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So I like it, I like it. Um, now, do you- I'm trying to remember, did you guys go to school here at all? I, I have a degree from state. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. state. What were yeah. you there? Um, graduated in December of 11. Okay. Yeah, okay. it was going back to school for me. Okay, I had okay. gone awesome. to, I had gone to Florida International after the, um, after the military and had 
dropped out short of getting my degree for a pretty good job, a really good job. Right. Um, what was then a really good job. Yeah. And, um, so just decided to go back to school in 2007 or really late 2008, decided to go back and got an accounting degree. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. I like it. Yeah, it's not very exciting at all. Well, I mean, it's exciting enough. My best friend from high school, uh, Cedar Spalding, I'm pretty sure his degree is in accounting. Um, and he's, he's an exciting fellow all around. So, um, all right. So, uh, the, the first question outside of telling us about yourself is, um, uh, it, it's a busy world these days. Just tell me how you found, find the time to read the uh, well, these days, the answer is I really don't. Um, I've gotten back into reading for probably years. I had only read a couple of books and, uh, I've been pretty good about getting back into it. And I've probably read about five in the past year. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good, you know, that's going at it hard and heavy for me. Yeah, so yeah. Well, that, that's harder and it's, heavier than a lot of people. Like. It's taken me months to, and I'm still only about two thirds of the way through the book that I'm on right now. It's that I get sidetracked by interests pop up and, you know, the kids are constantly, uh, Ooh. there and something <laughs> that are really, you know, my, my family is really priority number one when it comes to how I'm going to be spending my free time. So we're always looking for stuff to do together. Right. And, um, the past few months I've been into, been getting into board games. Yeah. We so, that on the phone. yeah. So I've been dedicating almost all my time to that, listening to, you know, the Dice Tower podcast, uh, which is good for, I mean, and I've explored a few of them. And that seems to be the best one. If you're going to get into the hobby, it's fantastic. Right. Right. Yeah. And I've had a lot of fun. Been going every Tuesday night to a board game night and, yeah. Took our house guest, uh, this, the husband of this, uh, friend of Annabelle's that's visiting us. I took him on Tuesday night. Right. He, we had a blast, played two new games, new to both of us. Yeah. 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 So, but the, the podcast, the Dice Tower podcast, what, uh, do they give you like strategies? It's mo- no, not really strategy. They'll do, uh, they'll talk, they'll start out talking about games that they've played. There's usually two people doing it. Uh, they'll go back and forth. Each one will talk about, three or four games that they've played in the past week, and then they'll uh, discuss uh, the topic du jour. Uh, they'll have a top ten list that they'll go through, and there's, you know, all sorts of, you know, things about gaming that you can make a top ten list about, best of a certain genre, talking about certain types of players, certain types of games, designers. Right. And uh, it's always it's always pretty interesting. They'll go back and forth with their own top tens and kind of, you know, discuss back and forth why one is higher than the other one, how this one didn't make the other guy's list. And, uh, it's pretty humorous. Right. Um, also, yeah, yeah it's just, uh, very informative, very fun to listen to. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, we could do a whole nother conversation about all the podcasts that I've, you know, <laughs> been listening to in the past few years. Yeah. Right. It's right, a great, yeah. it's, cool. it's a great medium. And yeah. I've been wanting to do this myself for years also is do a podcast i just you know yeah well, just I mean, net it's always it's hard to find the time man. i mean in one mm-hmm. one thing that you you will learn as soon as you start yours is that certainly none of the joy disappears from it but when it when it's like one more thing that you have to do yeah it, it somehow it just falls into that whole you know trap of, of just uh it, it's so hard to, to make the time for it right um, right so we started out doing a podcast every uh every you know, quote unquote, fortnight every two weeks. Um, and I, I'm now on a monthly schedule, um, just because 
you know, my job kind of wrapped up a little bit. I got into doing some travel for work, and, uh, you know, the time just disappeared. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah. So, cool. Well, the, the next question um, about books. <laughs> okay. Um, and like I said, we can go anywhere from there. Um, I, I kind of like it when we're off topic. Is um, how do you find the time to read? Or, I asked you that already. Is how do you decide what to read, rather? Um, well, back to your original question, how do I find the time? The time is usually, uh, when I'm not in the house, Mm -hmm. unless it's really late at night. If I wake up in the middle of the night, that's usually a good time for me to read. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I'm just out of the house, you know, when there's downtime, if I'm waiting for something or, you know, like I'll take a book pretty much wherever I'm going. If I'm solo, I'll always have a book with me. So if I'm waiting for food at a restaurant, you know, the typical few minutes in the bathroom, where basically wherever I can is the answer to that. I don't have dedicated reading time. All right. So how do I just... Do you carry a man purse? No. No? I I wish I could get it. I wish that I could get away with it because I'm too old for a backpack everywhere. When I was in my 20s, the backpack was great. Yeah. You know, but now it's just like I got so much stuff to carry around, but I won't do the man purse and it's just... (laughs) So I'm always just left carrying just a wad of things in my hands. Right, right. Especially, yeah. And now I wear reading glasses, too, so that's just yet another thing. So you totally need one. Man. Maybe, I mean, maybe in a few more years I'll give fanny packs a try. Who knows? <laughs> you, you would wear fanny packs. I would not. I would, no, I would not. <laughs> okay. I'll definitely do the man purse first. Okay, okay. So um, how do I decide what to read? I've been into mysteries lately. Mm-hmm. Um it kind of depends. I go in, I go through phases, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'll be looking for, um, good nonfiction. Uh, so like what's I, good nonfiction for you? Like I, I, most people who like, like nonfiction have like, you know, either they're into I like, like uh, war history. Yeah. Yeah. That, I do love war history. Popular. I like world, uh, world war two, right. uh, world war one, mm-hmm. you know, they're so, it's just interesting to read about, uh, you know, battle tactics and also, you know, just the whole psychology about how we get to that point, you know, right. war is just so ridiculous in the first place, you exactly. know, like how we, how, we how things just escalate so fast so. and, uh, you know, but World War Two and World War One, they're so, you know, you'll just never have wars like that again, because now we've got such devastating power that... You know, there'll just never be that kind of strategy right. exercised again. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I always, I always think along those terms, but then when you think about like trying to occupy something, you know, like, like trying to take ground, even after you, you, you know, like wipe out the, the, your enemy or whatever, at some point, you know, if we have, like you said, if you, if we ever were to experience war like that again, like you got to go put some boots on the ground and, yep. and, uh, and occupy it. So, yeah, it, it'll, let's hope it, it never comes to that, you know, because I can only imagine it would just be really, really ugly, like you said. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, like. So, war, uh, is, is big on my, um, uh, I like art. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mid-century modern, uh, architecture. Right. Uh, design. Yeah. You know, furniture design. Right. Um, the mysteries, good fiction. So uh, good fiction, like like historically based fiction. Again, you know, like World War Two spy stuff. I loved. I used to love reading a lot of spy novels. Right, right. Yeah. There's a uh, man. I wish I could think of the name of him right now. There's like a, a set of books. W. E. B. Griffin. 
Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He wrote like some pretty. Yeah, I've heard of him. I haven't written any. Involved Marines, you know. I, I don't know if he was a Marine. I can't remember. I read about four of them. When oh, I was really? I've read more Forsyth than anybody else. Frederick Forsyth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's great. Day of the Jackal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's like kind of ringing the bell. Yeah. Yeah. You should check out the, uh, the Griffin. Um, you know, okay. If you, usually you can find them for like a few cents, uh, at a used bookstore. Yeah. So. Well, I, I hit up the, uh, the Goodwill around here. Man, that's a great, Place. The best. Yeah. Especially can, when I'm in a little town that I don't, that I'm not usually in. If I pass by a Goodwill. Yeah. I'll be late to something to stop in there and, bre- yeah. and just go through the book racks real quick. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real quick meaning. Dollar know, hardcovers. You, you know, 45 minutes later. Exactly. Right. Well, you got to get through everything. What are you going to do? Yeah. But for a dollar hardcover and 50 cent soft, you know, you yeah. can't beat it. Yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts. Just two days ago, I went and bought a bunch of stuff for me and the kids. Yeah, I was about to say, they usually have a pretty good selection of kids. Great, everything, yeah, uh, yeah. Kids' books aren't cheap. Um, brand new, I mean, so. What's really bizarre is how you'll go into, and this happens at book fairs too, is that you'll see like several copies of one book uh-huh. that you don't want, but you're just <laughs> wondering how many copies, how did so many of them wind up at the Goodwill? Right, right, you know? yeah. It's like, well, I you got to imagine like maybe those are like really, like, Dan Brown, um, you know, I, I'm trying to remember because I, I probably saw like ten copies of it in, in a Goodwill once. The so. Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, you know? but very popular in the Goodwill. So yeah, I guess a bunch of people went out and bought it when it's brand new, and they yeah. got finished reading it, and you know, yeah, sent it over with the rest of their stuff they no longer needed. Yeah, um, yeah, so that's got to be how that happens. But you're right; it's you'll see like ten copies of, of yeah. the Da Vinci Code, or, or yeah. you know, what probably right now would be uh, the Goldfinch. Or, Bridget Jones's Diary, I saw five copies of it yeah. in, the, in the Goodwill. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. All right, so uh, the, the next question, and, I, and I'm trying to fish around for them in my head here. I, I know them, but it's, it's sometimes difficult to get them in order. Um, oh, this is a good one. Um, so how do you feel about uh, books as objects? Um Paper versus digital, you know, like, do you, do you like having a bunch of books around? I do. do you, yeah. So tell, tell me all about that. Um, it's just, well, anybody who reads a lot of books understands it's just, they're good to be around. Right. There's nothing better than just hanging out in a bookstore, just looking for the books. It's like the trip is almost better than the, than, yeah, get, the, than the, getting, the, than get, than sitting them. down and actually reading the book. The, just the, <laughs> Just the possibilities are endless when you're in the bookstore. Right, right. You know, you're uh, trying to discover new books. You know, you're waiting for that moment where you're going to see one that you were looking for that you might have even forgotten about. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's magical being in the end as far as having them around the house. I I have to have a library. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing, no better feeling than when you get all your books up on the shelf, like when you <laughs> move in somewhere, or when you build up your collection. Right. Half my books are unread. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm ju- I just get so excited about buying new ones. <laughs> and easily we're, we're half. Probably the same way, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Kristen gets on me about it. So I... Several times through the year, you know, I, as whenever I'm thinking about going out and getting a new book or whatever, even if I go get the new book, I'll, I'll definitely like read one from the shelves or whatever. Right. Um, it, it's funny though, I, I did one of the early interviews I did, um, was with a friend of Kristen's. Her name is, uh, uh Cara, uh, Andrade. And I think Cara, I just mispronounced your name, mispronounced your name again. Um, it, I did, I mispronounced your name several times, uh, uh, during the, uh, uh, during the podcast, and I'm pretty sure I just did it again. I'll, there are two pronunciations that I favor, and, and I Kara. Like always, 
Well, no, not not her first name. Okay. Her, her last name. So, but I'm gonna stop talking about that now. All right. Maybe we've already forgotten. At any rate, her position was that we all end up having the same books. You know, like like people who love to read, uh-huh. like you all end up with these same books on your shelves. And and so she was like, I I get rid of them. You know, like I, I read them and and I push them out. You know, and and she she doesn't you know let them collect any dust or whatever. Um, right. Yeah. Just. You know, she, she's very conscious of, of, you know, of everything it would seem, you know, like, like, uh, just, um, you know, like she's a social activist and, and, uh-huh. uh, she, you know, is conscious of the environment, just, you know, of social issues and everything. And, and so I guess it, it makes sense, you know, given her, her work and her personality that, that she would take a more, uh, uh conservative approach, conservative of, of the planet and of resources, I guess. Uh-huh. She, she very much thought that digital, you know, was like, Really awesome, and and that she doesn't she she wasn't into collecting books anymore. She wasn't one time, but she was like, you know, yeah, reading digitally just isn't the same. No, no, it's not. It just isn't the same. I tolerate it. Um, it's great for travel. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's, the convenience of it is nice. You know, like you're sitting in the doctor's office or whatever, you can read on your phone or, or right. you have your Kindle or your Nook or whatever. But you know, I don't, I don't think I'm ever gonna give up on on having books around, you know, books, looking at books, just walking past them, you know. It's too easy to get away from the book when you're, when you're digital. Right, right. Because you can always pop right into another application on your phone. Yeah. Even these readers, you know, they've got applications on them, and I find it's just too tempting to, yeah. you know. And they don't dog you the same way they do. I mean, like, I'm right now sitting over uh, a, a few, you know, a couple of feet from us is a book by Primo Levi that I'm reading right now, and... and Every time I pass it, you're reminded. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, I gotta finish that book. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they just don't dog you the same. But yeah, I love having them around the house, and uh, you know, another thing is, is that you know, you can always. It's always nice to have books to offer people when they come over. You know, if they like them, take them. Right. That, of course, is one way of cleaning out your collection because you'll never get them back. Yeah, yeah. You know, you but at least you're like, passing yeah. along books to people <laughs> that like them. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. I, I didn't even think about it from that point of view, but certainly, yeah, it's nobody can browse your Kindle your Kindle collection. And you can't read at the same you know? time. You know, it's like you, you know, you can't say, "Hey, let's let's go sit down and you know read at the end of the night or whatever." Yeah, Unless it's like the hand it back and forth. Yeah, it's like music nowadays. Everybody's just got a playlist and, you know, MP3s and storage. Nobody can, you know, used to be part of getting to know somebody was looking through their record collection, their CD collection. Right, right. You know, I've still got records in hope of getting a record player, but my CD collection used to be, you know, I used to have like a thousand CDs. That used to be one of my prized possessions, you know. (laughs) Yeah. People looking through your CD, it's something that you're proud of, you you know. I keep most of the cases. I still haven't brought them back out. Right. But now they're all, you know, in a digital library. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so difficult to keep up with, too. Like, the, the whole music library thing. It, like, curating a music library, considering, like, the different platforms that, you know, have, have risen and, and fallen over the years. And now it's so easy to edit the, uh, you know, the metadata. Yeah. Like, to to keep one with, you know, that's clean. Uh-huh. It's actually like a lot of work. A like, collection. Yeah, a, a yeah. music collection that's yeah. clean it, is is a lot of work. And yeah, like if I end up with songs that don't have a, a 
album picture or something like that, or, or mm-hmm. they, you know, like there, there is they'll get lost. Yeah, sort of yeah, they either get lost or or they they just drive me crazy. You know, like you know, I'll find myself like I'll sit down and I spend thirty minutes like fixing songs or whatever. Right, so, right. Yeah, I'm totally off off topic there. But. I want to get a record player. Record record collections are coming back. You yeah, know, yeah. So, so yeah, would you go for like a whole, you know, like the old setup, or, or would you just get like a USB? Uh, you know, a record player that you can plug right into your laptop or, or to whatever. Uh, I'd go like record player, just straight to a pair of bookshelf speakers. You know, right. you can get pretty good speakers, pretty small, and uh, you know, don't take up a lot of real estate. Just right. give it a shelf on the bookshelf. Yeah. Yeah. But I've still got some records. Me too. The Bill Cosby himself record, one of them, <laughs> which will not get any more play. It's, you're done playing that? It's ruined. <laughs> it's ruined. Bill, man, you got But it was one of my first out, al- it was one of my first albums, which got me into, that got me into comedy. And I've been a comedy fan, yeah. you know, forever since. This ambiguity, Bill. Defend yourself or, or he won't. confess. He won't. You know? Well, or, or, or the victims, you know. The, the victims who aren't victims because they they haven't they haven't you know uh, jumped on their accuser yet I guess you know somebody somebody a man or <clears throat> woman ought to take care of the source <laughs> so all right so uh, the the penultimate question is um, uh, it, it's a difficult one for most people maybe maybe we'll come right to you but uh, what, what's your favorite book of all time Ooh. um. My favorite book of all time. I could probably give you a few. Mm-hmm. The Down and Out in Paris and London. Hmm. I've never heard of that. That's one of them. So, who, who wrote that? Wells. H.G. Wells? No. Wait. Uh, Orson Wells? Orson Wells. Orson Wells. Okay. Am I thinking of the right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I'm not even sure H.G. No, uh, it's Orson Wells. Right. I'm, I'm just trying to think if HG had a different last name. Maybe his last name is HG Wells. No, you're H. thinking. Okay, yeah, so yeah. There is an HG Wells. Yeah, no. Yeah. So that's a um, that stands out. That's one that I'll never forget. That's a great book. And um, journals. Uh, one by Nick Twisp is the character. They made a movie out of it with um, Michael. Uh, hold on. The journals of a. Diary of a Teenage. The Journals of Nick Twisp is the title of the, of the, it's Youth in Revolts. That's Youth the name Revolt. of it. Youth in Revolts. Okay. Uh, okay. by C.D. Payne. P-A-P-A-Y-N-E. Right. He did, uh, Frisco Pigeon Mambo. But that's definitely his, uh, you know, most popular, enduring mm. book. It's hilarious. Right. Every single page. Mm. You will crack up. It is very well written. Right. A very insightful. I mean, satirical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a teenage boy just, you know, growing pains and just, it's just a big, ridiculous adventure story. Right. But it's brilliantly written. Yeah. Yeah. yeah super funny. Um, they're, it's such a good book. And, um, what else? Favorite books. Um, Day of the Jackal. Mm-hmm. That, and that was, uh, what, what was his name? Forsyth. Forsyth, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was really good. Uh, 27. I used to love that book too. I read that a couple of times. That was, um, a spy novel mm, okay. by, uh, they changed the name of that book. It's not, it's not 
27 anymore. Uh-huh. I forget what it's called lately. Do you remember who wrote it? Um, Robert Ludlum. Robert Ludlum. Okay. Yeah, Ludlum yeah. wrote that one. Okay. Yeah, the same one who did the uh, the all the born all right. the born books, right. which were great books. Yeah, yeah so I you, read, those, read those. Oh, I read those back in like the mid nineties, I think. Yeah, the yeah. trilogy. Right, right. They were great. Good, good. We yeah. I talked uh, a couple of podcasts ago uh, with the guy um, uh, Chewy was his name, mm-hmm. uh, Jared Chewy, and uh, he mentioned that he had gotten the Born books for like seventy five cents for oh, like yeah. three of them or something like that, and, uh, and he was getting ready to read them. Um, so yeah. back when paperbacks were four bucks, right. five. Five bucks. Yeah. Now they're like fifteen bucks. A paperback. It's in you Barnes know? and Noble the other day. Paperbacks for fifteen dollars. Yeah. Who's buying these books? I don't. I don't know. Not not many people. <laughs> so yeah. Well. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. You know, since I'm gonna have to write those down when I, whenever I edit this, uh, we'll, I'll I'll stop you there. Okay. Um. And uh, and we'll move to the final question. Okay. Um. Which, which is an easy one after after that one. Um, what are you reading right now? A Company of Liars. A Company of Liars. A Company of Liars. Yeah, it's a female author. Her name escapes me right now. It's just about a a band of um, people moving through the uh, English countryside, avoiding this plague that's uh, striking all these little towns, so they pretty much have to keep moving. Um, And it's uh, it puts you like in medieval... Mm-hmm. medieval time period right. and there's some fantasy to it like there's this girl who's predicting kind of vaguely predicting the future as they go by reading you know leaves and stuff mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. sounds interesting so yeah it's not completely you know they don't try to stay historically accurate exactly there's some fantasy in, involved in it but uh it's a pretty good story so far it's like I said, I'm only like two thirds of the way through. So it's just now starting to, things are starting to unravel. Somebody's died in the group, has been, mm-hmm. been murdered. So they're trying to figure out who did that. But it's, it's moved along pretty, yeah. pretty well. It, it sounds pretty neat. It, it's funny. I, I was going to confuse it for a second uh, with a company of thieves. I don't know if you've heard of that book. Um, company of thieves. I have heard of that book. Yeah. And it, and it also involves moving through the countryside, but it, I think it's during World War II. Oh, okay. When, when you first started talking, I was like, Yeah, that sounds good. I'm gonna write that down too. So. Ooh, what's another good? Uh, another World War Two book. It's something about Portugal. Something in Lisbon. Don't, don't give me the no Oh man, <laughs> there's another book that I'm trying to think of. It's like a spy novel. Right now, of is something this one of your favorites? Lisbon. Or, or? Yeah, it's one of my one of my more favorite books. Right. Unbearable Lightness of Being. That was a great book. To Milan, Milan Kundera. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've heard of that title. I, the Arthur isn't like popping right into my head. That's a great um, book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know I've seen it. Kristen might even have a copy over here. Somewhere. Yeah. That's a good um, book. Yeah. yeah. There's one called The Blue Burnau that I picked up. B-U-R-N-E-A-U. Mm-hmm. That was pretty surreal. I read that back in the 90s too. I kept that book. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I certainly, uh, you know, I think if uh, if I ever were to uh, you know become or, or even get close to being independently wealthy, I think that would be the number one uh, benefit of it. It's just having the time to read. I mean, like sometimes yes. it's depressing thinking about all the books that you won't get through. That you won't get to. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So my favorite humor writer is uh, Sedaris, David right. Sedaris. Yeah, Kristen. Kristen is there with you hundred percent. Yeah, um, he's great. And he he is funny. Um, uh, 
I I didn't I haven't read you know any of his books, but I've been you have to yeah I've, I've heard him I've heard several of his stories read on, on podcasts yeah. over the past year or so, and I've heard him you know uh, read one or two, and, and just in general he, he just sounds you got to read the Santa Land Diaries now that Christmas is coming up. Mm-hmm. His is that good? about his stint as an elf in uh, Macy's. Oh wow! Oh wow. wow! It is incredible. Yeah, so funny. Which one of the books is that? I think you can probably, I think that's Within Barrel Fever, which is a great book. Right. Kristen has them all here somewhere. They're great. Yeah, you should read them all. I'll I'll check one out. Check one out. All right, all right, Mark. Well, uh, I think think we've come to the end. Okay, Um, good. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it it was my pleasure. It was a great interview. Uh, I wish we had recorded the interview before the interview. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be good too. Yeah, yeah, you should do that. Just invite people down and just start just start recording. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've thought about that a lot. It's funny. I, I almost want to do a separate podcast and, and just like talk to, uh, you know, maybe start with my relatives and then and then just go from there with other people's relatives. When I when I interviewed my dad, just like hearing you know the stories from his childhood and just hearing like his story in general, we just talked mm-hmm. a lot about you know his story um, and. You know, people's lives are, are you know, pretty fascinating. Yeah, yeah, in and of themselves. Like, yeah. Stranger than fiction, you know? That's true. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the most wonderful way. So. Well, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. We're going to turn these microphones off and uh, go back upstairs and, uh, and make sure the kids are alive. Uh, all right. And, uh, all right. So I'll see you soon. I'll, I'll probably have this up in about a month because I have. Uh, Jeff is going to go up this week and then Rosalind uh, is visiting. Okay. Um, we'll go up the week after that. So. Good. Be checking it out. All right. All right. All right. Thanks. <laughs> On the strength of all conviction and the stamina of love by Jennifer Michael Hecht. On the strength of all conviction and the stamina of love. Sometimes I think we could have gone on, all of us, trying, forever. But they didn't fill the desert with pyramids. They just built some. Some. They're not still out there building them now. Everyone, everywhere, gets up and goes home. Yet we must not diabolize time, right? We must not curse the passage of time. And so it comes to a close. This is the 20th episode of It's in a Book. And uh, not coincidentally, the last episode in which I will be a single host of the uh, of the podcast uh, will be joined from here forward by the interviewee of episode 20, Mark Rosbach. Um, and in honor of that, uh, we're going to head out of this podcast with the uh, song that we'll be playing at the end of each podcast moving forward. Uh, it's by the Smiths. It's called Oscillate Wildly. Uh, it's, it's a really snazzy little tune, and I really like the title as well because it maybe kind of describes uh, what books do this uh, in the joyous way that they do that so uh, thanks for for joining us for this podcast Uh, we look forward to seeing you back here again really soon definitely less than a a fortnight 
Uh, Mark and I have already recorded episode 21. We just have to edit it together. Um, that'll be part of the uh, part of his indoctrination. Uh, you know, is, is showing him uh, the, the small amount of work that goes on behind the scenes. So um, we will see you again very soon. And, uh, and thanks for joining us. It's in a book.